Well, thank you, Randall, for those songs of consecration. It couldn't, uh, it couldn't have been a better introduction to the burden on my heart tonight than those songs of consecration. Yes, that makes so, such a difference <clears throat> in the Christian life when there is a... Uh, a love for the Lord. When we get to serve the Lord instead of when we have to. And we consecrate ourselves to God because of all that he did for us. My uh, particular burden this evening is kind of taken from Larry's message this morning. I'll just give a very brief backdrop for those that weren't here this morning. Larry preached on the return of Christ and really focused on us being ready and what it means to be waiting for the Lord. And I really appreciated that message very much. I think it was a very important message I guess the burden that I came away with was what can I share tonight? What does it take to make it through to the end? Really. It's, it's important enough to get that figured out. To not find out too late that we didn't have enough of oil in our vessels. You know, like the, like the uh, virgins there, five of them. And so I was thinking of power. And part of this, what I'll be preaching tonight, I had on my heart to preach before, even this morning, but I think it went right along with that. But I was thinking of power. There needs to be a power in our life. As Christians. The Christian life is not a life. A bunch of do's and don'ts. Without power. That's a sad state of affairs. If. If that's. What people. If if that's all that people have. Is just. A mental understanding or. Or even. You know even a. Even a sincere commitment to follow the Lord, which I think is good, but, but never have come to the place where they have that vibrant power that motivates them to keep going. And I'm refraining for just a minute here to say what that power is. But John said, the Apostle John said, that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. And so what does that look like? What does it mean to receive power to become the sons of God? Very familiar verse in Acts says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you 
And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So there is a power that I think makes our Christian experience really authentic. It's a power from God. And on the negative side of this, Paul told Timothy of some that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And that word deny does not maybe mean what we think of today, where, they, where we would say, oh, I don't believe there's a power, or we deny it with words, but it gives the idea of that their, their lives contradict. While they may have a power, but their life, their testimony contradicts the power thereof. There should be a power to serve the Lord. Jesus said, very strong words. To the scribes and Pharisees. And I'm not saying that we're scribes and Pharisees here tonight, but I would just ask us to open our hearts tonight to the Lord. The title of the message is, Search Me, O God. And we'll look at that a little more. But Jesus talked to the Pharisees, and he had some very strong words. And he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones, dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And in light of the message this morning on being found of those that are waiting on the Lord and those that would open the door immediately when the call comes, my, I, I just want to urge us tonight to just have that heart. Search me, O God, that David had. And I like to draw something on the board here to kind of illustrate my point of power. If I can, draw something that makes sense.
And I have, that's supposed to be a picture of an electric motor. And this has a little box here, and it has a little reset button on the side there, if you can imagine that. But those electric motors are wonderful things. We have many of them in our homes, and they do a lot of things for us. And sometimes we overload those things, and there's a little safety switch there that pops to spare the motor from burning up. And then what you got to do is you got to go there and you got to push that little button and reset the button so you can reap the benefits that that motor can do for you. They're wonderful things. Powerful things. And so I want us to think of that power from within the night for a moment. that power from within. And I'll make make more comments about that uh, reset button a little later on. But the Lord's coming again, as we heard so clearly this morning, and he's coming for a people that are ready and waiting though he tarry long. And he's coming for a people that have prepared themselves. We've often heard that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. We see here from these examples here that, especially from this last one that I, that I read here out of Matthew on the hypocrites, on the, on the scribes and Pharisees, that not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is ready to meet the Lord. These scribes and Pharisees, they looked, they looked right on the inside, but Jesus was speaking to the heart. And I believe it's of these that Paul was writing that they have a form of godliness, but deny or their, their, their life denies the power thereof. So tonight we want to open our hearts before the Lord and say, search me, O God. This is a blessing tonight. It would be better to get right with God tonight than when we stand before the judge of all the earth. If God puts even his little finger on something in our hearts tonight, I would say then is the time to respond to the Lord. I would say it is. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. And so as we go through this tonight, in light of the Lord coming for those that have prepared themselves and are ready, I would rather do that tonight than later. This is a blessing that we have tonight to once again look into the scriptures and see what Jesus has to say. And if God speaks to any of us, I think 
if we respond, I believe that is the recipe. That is, the, that is what it means to push the reset button. That is what means to, to bring us back in, in, in right standing with God. Just that simple response, that openness to the Lord. So I would like at this time for us to kneel together, if we can, for prayer. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this evening, an opportunity to gather together and, and open the Bible and read the words of Jesus and his words, his warnings, his teachings, his, his truths, God. And we pray for your Holy Spirit to bear witness to our hearts tonight, Lord, and that we would have a heart that says with David, search me, O God, and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, you would give us the grace to respond and allow you to touch that and to sanctify our lives and, as it were, push the reset button again, that there might be that power flowing out of our lives of joyful Christianity, of a joyful relationship with our God, of, uh, of just pressing in and, and, and walking with Jesus. God, I trust you for your blessing tonight. Uh, Be with us as we preach the word. We bow our hearts before you, Lord. We need you. God, search us tonight. Take the searchlight of the gospel and search our hearts tonight. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can open... Your Bibles or turn in your Bibles to Psalms 139. We're going to briefly look at David's heart. Psalms 139. The verses that I want are in are 23 and 24, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, if you look in the beginning of the chapter here, in verse 1, it says, Lord, thou hast searched me, and known me. So what is David saying? God already knows all about David. He acknowledges that, but then in 23, after this long psalm, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And I think what David is saying here, search me and show me. You already know all about me, Lord, but show me. God, I know you know my life. You know my downsittings. You know my uprisings. You understand my thoughts afar off. There is nothing about me that you don't know, Lord. But, but God, as you search me and know my heart and try me, show me that I might know that too. That I might understand myself a little better. 
In Psalms 26, he says, examine me, test me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. That word reins there means my mind. Show me what I think about. Show me my thoughts and my heart. Why is this important that we have this attitude tonight? I think it's important because Peter said that the trying of our faith is much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This trying, this searching that I'm talking about tonight has to do, the importance of it has to do with the appearing of Jesus Christ. Peter also says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, and he's just finished talking about the return of the Lord and the dissolving of the whole world there in 2 Peter 2. Then he says, Wherefore, brethren, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be, that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Now, that's a pretty high calling, I think, that we take seriously tonight in light of the Lord's return. But I think this power that I'm talking about, and I probably alluded to it, and you might have figured it out already what I'm talking about, and that has to do with a true love for the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can help you fall in love with Jesus by the grace of God, if I can somehow make Jesus beautiful and make him the lover of your soul, I can almost promise you that your Christian experience will become better. I believe that with all my heart. I think that that love for Jesus is the power that we need to make it through to the end. What was it that empowered those martyrs to faithfully and and with resolve and even some joyfully walk to the Stake. I think it, it was because of what they saw and experienced in Jesus. Now, Jesus gave a parable of the ten virgins, and you all know that story. You'll find it in Matthew 25 if you want to turn there. But the question that I want us to think about it. What was it that caused those ten virgins to leave the comforts of their home and to go to a designated spot to wait for the bridegroom? The Bible says they went forth to meet the bridegroom. I believe they left their, their, their home and went somewhere where they together 
waited for the bridegroom. So what was it that motivated them to go in the first place? Well, pretty obviously, they were espoused to this man. They were betrothed. And so he went, as the Jewish custom was, to prepare a place for them. And at an hour when they knew not, he would come again. And the custom was that the bride needed to be found ready and waiting no matter how long it took. But when that, when that sound came, when the word came, behold, the bridegroom cometh, they needed to be ready. And so the question is, what was it that motivated them to do all this? And, and the answer is love. They loved the man that they had been espoused to, and he went and they believed he's coming again. They were all virgins, all ten of them. They all had lamps, all ten of them. But the sobering reality for us to consider tonight and to ask the Lord to search our hearts, five were just a little careless. They were just a little careless. And they didn't take extra oil. Five were careful enough and concerned enough and in love enough that they decided to to take extra oil in case this takes a long time. And so they took the extra oil. Here's a sobering reality for us to think about tonight. All ten of them had enough love to go. And to start. But only five had enough love to last the wait. And concerning the question, the message this morning, do I have enough love to wait? Will my love light be still burning when he comes? All ten of them had enough love to leave the comforts of mom and dad's house and to go to wherever they went and to be there. They had enough love to go. They had enough love to start. But only five of them had enough love, if you will, to last the wait. Turn with me to Matthew 13, and here's the parables that I had been thinking of preaching uh, before this morning. In Matthew 13, there are two short parables that Jesus gave that are a parable of the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, this this parable in Matthew 25 of of the ten virgins is also a parable of the kingdom. It's probably important for me to To point that out, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. And now here in Matthew 13, Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. 
Very short parable, but very profound. Then he gives another one with the same intent, I believe. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's what the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. How precious is Jesus to you tonight? Really? This treasure that was hid in the field, as I studied it out, and of course this is a commentator's idea, but he, and, but I agree, it's, it's true. He said, this is not a pot of gold buried in the field that you dig up and take with you, and you've got it all. But rather, this is a gold mine with veins that run Endlessly into the earth, if you will. And so you, you see this gold mine, and you say, hey, this is worth everything. Amen? Everything that I can have, I will gather it together, and I will go and sell that, and I will come back and buy this, and there will be no comparison in value. This gold mine, I can dig and dig and dig for the rest of my life and never get to the bottom of it. Like a treasure hid in a field. I think that describes Jesus Christ. Just listen with me. Paul told the Ephesians, He said, he talked about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Unsearchable. That doesn't mean that you can't find them in the first place. It simply means you can't exhaust them. We can never get to the end of the riches of Christ. Brethren and sisters, how precious is Jesus to us tonight? This is a parable of Jesus. Something that is worth selling everything for. Everything for. This treasure is no doubt Jesus. There is no better pearl than Jesus. He also told the Ephesians, Paul said that he would pray to God that God would grant the Ephesians according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now here we begin to come and where it touches the heart of the matter. Dearly beloved, our Christian Experience the power from God should affect our inner man that we have a spring in our step to serve the Lord. 
That we love to get down and pray to Jesus. That we love to come to church and meet the people of God. That we find grace from God to meet our needs. He further told the Ephesians that, he says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It is an, it is an endless mind, if you will which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Dearly beloved, this promise is for you and me tonight. And we're talking, we're looking, we're thinking about making it through to the end. We're talking about waiting it out, having enough of oil to get us through to where the trumpet sounds and we'll be found in love with Jesus when that happens. And not like those who didn't have enough of love to make it through. Jesus said different times, if ye love me, ye will obey me. You will do what I ask you to do. The motivating power of the Christian life is love for Jesus. How is my love for Jesus? Paul told the Philippians, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know if we can make the connection because heaven, you know, we, we have such a faint idea what heaven is, all, is, is, is like. But... He will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. I don't think there's a shortage in heaven tonight. And we be professing Christians. We say we are espoused to Christ, dearly beloved. If we have believed, if we have repented, if we have been baptized, we say, Jesus, I'm taking you as my all in all. We lay our lives down. We die with Christ because he's so much better than serving ourselves. And we embrace him and we follow him by faith. And I think that will make the difference whether we can make it through or not. Dearly beloved, how valuable really is Jesus to you? Think about it. How precious is he? How much joy. It says here in our text, the man went and hid it in a field and when uh, uh, he hides it and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. How much joy do we get tonight in sacrificing things for Jesus? For joy he sold everything he had to get Jesus. How much joy Do you get out of digging in the mine? Dearly beloved tonight, what was the last treasure you found in this mine? You answer that in your heart. It's serious. 
It's what's going mo- to propel you forward and onward. It's what's, gonna, it's, one go- it's what's going to uh, keep you faithful. What was the last treasure that you dug out of this and you said, praise God. And you said, hallelujah. When was the last time you did that, brother and sister? We can profess, we can go on, we can put on the smile, we can come to church faithfully, but I ask the question, what is the reality in our hearts tonight? In our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. You answer that question in your own heart. What was that last treasure that you found? We're talking about having the power of love for Jesus that will carry us through the long wait. So, brothers, is Jesus supplying all of our needs by his riches and glory? Just some questions for us to think about tonight. Jesus had a lot of things, had a lot to say about things that can distract us and lure us away from Christ. And one of those things for the men here tonight, first of all, is money and possessions. He had a lot to say about that. And so I just ask us to search our hearts tonight. Do I have a throbbing desire to be more like Jesus and to dig in the book, to dig in the mind, and to see where I can be more like Jesus? Or do I have a desire to be more like my rich neighbor? You know, we might run out of oil if that's the case. Jesus had a lot to say about riches. He warned about riches. And it's not just the rich, but it's those that, I mean, he had a lot to say about the rich and the snare that comes upon them, but it's also those that will to be rich or want to be rich. And it's that desire. You know, I just got to have it. I want it. And we, we dream of it and we think about it and we sleep about it and we We plan. But in the scheme of big things, in the picture, in the big picture tonight, brothers, we're talking about a world, we're talking about eternity, we're talking about our souls, we're talking about being ready to meet the lover of our soul. We're talking about having enough of wherewithal to carry us through and to meet the Lord with expectation and love and freshness and be there and open the door immediately. 
We're talking about uh, concentrating on that and thinking about that and planning for that and having that to be a big part of our life because it is a big part of our life. When it's over, it's over. And Jesus warned, we can't love him and mammon. We can't love him and possessions on eagle ground. It's one or the other. And we're warned in Revelation about of those that once had it and lost it. They once had a love for the Lord and they lost it. Other things came in and their lives got bogged down. And without maybe them knowing it, they, the reset tripped. And, and while they kept on going and, and trying to make this thing work, there's no more the power there. We wonder where the power is. Well, maybe, maybe there's other loves in our heart. Where are we at tonight, dearly beloved? If I were to set Jesus beside my business and would have to take one or the other, could I turn my back on the business, brethren? And I think it's good for us to think about that. Would I, would I in a split second say, I will take Jesus? And I think it's we, we, should, we, should put, we should look at that and, and we should think about that and it helps us keep it on the right level and it helps us to keep it on the altar, if you will, that I would not be found like Lot's wife looking back. Looking back, it's very, very, very serious tonight. <clears throat> right now, you know, Larry talked about in the days, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be again, and how they were building and and. Uh, Planting and marrying and so on. and You know, carpentry right now is over the top. It's not hard to make money now. I mean, there is more work out there than can be done. At least here in the Midwest with the storm. But it seems to be everywhere. It, I don't know what it is. It seems this, this virus that's upon the, the globe... It kind of drives people. Real estate. Someone told me, you can't find a house in, in Atama right now, even if you want to. They're on the market for two hours, and they're gone. I said, what's doing it? He said, I'm not sure. He said, it's a little bit like that toilet paper deal that when it first came out, everyone was just buying it up. Could it be that... Well, I guess what I want to say here, the point I want to make is, I think we need to step back and say, okay, how much is too much? How much is enough? How much? I, I do not want to get entrapped in this thing. And we need, to set the, we need to set the pace. We need to figure it out. We need to set it up beside Jesus. What about all our possessions, brethren?
Do I hold them loosely? Could I let them go at a moment? How entangled am I in the things of this world? It could change very fast. We know that. There's not a lot of stability in the world system today. And so I just ask us to search our hearts in these areas, probably most prone to the men. And if there's anything that Jesus is saying that you have a question mark or a concern, why don't you just repent of that tonight and confess it to the Lord and let him push the reset button. Let him give you a power in your life that there is a, you find treasures and you can't help but talk about it. Sisters, Are you finding joy like Mary in sitting at the feet of Jesus? Are you more concerned that that your guests are ministered to by the Spirit of Christ in your home, or is it more important that they are impressed by your nice house? Are you more worried about having guests because they might ruin or mar or something in your house? Are you more concerned about that than you are that they would leave without being ministered to by the Spirit of Christ coming out of your life? That's your little domain. That's your calling. But I know it's also a weakness. You know, in in ladies, they want things nice, and there's nothing wrong with that in its place. But Jesus had some very strong words to say to Martha. It's not that he didn't care for serving. That's what he came to do. But at that moment, think with me, it was God coming to flesh that sat in that house. It was Jesus. There he sat, God Almighty, in the form of man. And he sat in Mary and Martha's sofa. And he's ministering to Mary. And Martha is so comforted about, Lord, aren't you worried about that Martha's not coming and helping me wash these dishes. If she would have only known who this man really is. She wouldn't have cared about those dishes. Here was God, the almighty God, Jesus, the creator, was sitting in her living room. And she cared more about her house than her testimony. Mary has chosen the good part, and it shall not be taken from her. There's a ministry for you, ladies. I think we need to be in prayer about this. These days, many... Many, uh, because of the COVID thing, there's many families in this area that are choosing to homeschool 
and many of those have no clue how to go about it. And our supervising teacher, or whatever you call them, told us that they're actually looking for mentors, veteran moms that have taught, to come alongside these moms and show them what it means to homeschool. And I was thinking about that. Would you consider stepping out of your comfort zone and showing someone else Jesus by your life and by what you found and availing yourself? I wonder if God wouldn't bless you for that. In light of this message tonight, we're talking about the Lord's return. We're talking about having enough of love to carry us through. Young men, here tonight, are you finding joy in your salvation? I mean, you can sit down and you can open this book and you can begin to read it and there's something that connects and you can say, Amen. Thank you, Lord. You've got to have that if you want to make it through. You've got to have that personal connection with the Spirit of God that ministers off of this book. This word becomes life to you. You've got to have times where you open this book and it ministers to you and you find joy in it. If you don't, I would tell the Lord that tonight. Say, God, I'm dry. This book is cold. I mean, I don't get it, Lord. Where is it? Tell the Lord that. He might really surprise you. He might just open a crack to that gold mine, and you can begin digging and dig and dig and dig and dig for the rest of your life. But I'm telling you, you need a crack into the gold mine that says, Gold! Gold! I can tell you, I can promise you, if I were to get a, what do they call it? A slab of gold, not slab, what's it called? A bar of gold. And sneak it in your bedroom, young men, and lay it under your pillow. And you'd lay in there that night, and you'd, what's under my pillow? You'd open the, you'd turn the pillow around, and here lays this gold. What? Gold. Dad, this is gold. I found gold. Everyone would know you found gold. It says, when a man hath found it, he for joy thereof goeth and selleth all he has and buyeth the field. We want to make it. We want to make it through. We want to be of those virgins that had enough of oil, had enough of love for the Lord to make it through. There's a lot of things that young men wrestle with. I know it's real. Things, trucks, cars, lifestyles. Do I have to say it all? But I know, I know I was once a young man. But somehow we need something to offset that, that, uh, that urge that satisfies. I mean, if all we have is just a mental ascent in our Christian life, we won't make it. The world will win. 
The glitter of the world will win. But we need to find this mind that says, I don't think so. I think I'll follow. I think I'll keep digging. Paul said that after he met the Lord, the world was crucified to him and he to the world. I'm telling you, it really takes that. The power of a new affection. The same way, or maybe not quite the same way, maybe more, but the same way we, we, are, we, we, we tend to love things, we love the Lord. Let me say, that happens to a lesser or greater degree at conversion, and then from there, you need to start digging. And it's more or less for different people, but God just doesn't sit there and, and keep, you, keep giving you the gold without us doing anything. We need to dig. We need to study. We need to compare scriptures. We need to apply it to our hearts. It's here. But we need to dig. We need to dig. And it will become better and better and better. Young sisters, do you love to adorn your spirit? To be like Jesus as much as you tend to adorn your body. I'm not talking about being sloppy or anything like that, but just think with me the reality of this. We're talking about a life or death situation. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about having the wherewithal to help us through to the end. We're talking about having something that gives gives us joy in the journey. Hallelujah. Amen. Joy in the journey. I've seen enough of dry, dead, sad Christians to last me a lifetime, Brother Darrell. Probably one of them too often. But we need to be reminded. We're waiting for our bridegroom. We're waiting for the lover of our soul. He promised he's coming. He espoused us. We, had, we tasted of him when we were born again. And, oh, that, those songs were so beautiful. That last song, he said, what, you know, the, the idea is, what have you done for me? I've given it all for you. What have you given for me? Have you given up the desire to love things for me? Sisters, this is a real thing and something for you to think about. Adorning your spirit to be like Jesus. Sweet, gentle, meek, godly, modest, godly, bright-faced, joyful, having a testimony of the grace of God in your life. 
after all. You have a gold mine to go to to get these things. You think about that. To do this, what I'm talking about tonight, and I already alluded to this, it takes resolve. It takes resolve. It takes purpose. It takes a fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord. This, I believe, is the extra oil that makes the difference. Have we lost our first love and is the Christian life become a drudgery? Or can I get up and get alone with God and tap into the grace of God that I have a bright testimony of the Lord? And I do, do I put on godliness? Yes, we need to put on godliness. We need the form of godliness, but we need the power thereof. You know, the truth comes out if we have the form and not the power. It, it's kind of it's distasteful. It's kind of not very good. If we have a, a, you know, a form, but we don't have that, that power that is a bit uh, contagious. You know, you just want to be around those kind of people. So, do I need to push the reset button to get power off of this electric motor. It's Sunday night. No big deal. If God spoke to you, just respond. Say, yes, come up here and tell the Lord about it. Get it right. And it could, I think that's all it takes. You don't need a long counseling session or anything like that. If you want to, that's fine, but we're just asking the Lord tonight to search us. And, and here's where we went. And if God put his finger on anything and said, yeah, we need to deal with this. Well, then do so. So I am, I'm just offering that to us tonight. And I had thought of a song. I didn't even look if it's in here. It is. Let me see if it's fitting. So don't look around. Don't think about others. Just you mind the Lord. The songwriter wrote these words. I am resolved no longer to linger. Charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher. Things that are nobler. These have allured my sight. I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He hath the words of life. I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth. He is the living way. I am resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me. Foes may beset me. Still will I enter in. 
that you stand to your feet with me and get a songbook. We'll sing 919, and I'm just giving us an opportunity to respond to the Lord.